cliffcentral.com. Are we waiting for B1? So we've got B1 going to be dialing in today from Australia. We're really excited. Brett, are you there? Hello, Brett. I Brett. am. Is that you, Brett? You're so far away, I can That's hardly hear you. Good, man. There we go. See, How's I haven't got an accent yet. <laughs> so, Brett, tell us. Um, how is Australia, and, and are they seriously more intelligent than the average African? Because you know what our theme today is, artificial intelligence, right? Oh, I thought it was African intelligence. Uh, probably the same thing, right? Uh, it is, eh? What do you think? <laughs> or Aussie intelligence? Well, I, oh, there we go. We've got the A's lined up. I can tell you one thing. The taxis here are better. That's all I'm going to say about intelligence and better. It feels like um, you can... I don't know if you saw that clip floating around. With that really messed up minibus <laughs> yeah. still driving on the highway. <laughs> you, you're missing us, Brett. You really are missing us, aren't you? Dude, I'm a South African, huh? So, of course, I'm missing you. Yeah. But um, I, I tell you what I'm not missing. I'm not missing out of being able to go to the beach at half past seven at night. Um, that I'm not missing. But there's but the Vol River. Come on. Give us a break. <laughs> we, we, we can hit the sun spread. <laughs> Did, didn't you hear the news? We've moved Cliff Central to Cape Town. We're on the beach. Yeah. Well, you moved, you've, only got, you've only got 120 days of water left if you did. Yeah, that's no, fine. Uh, that's fine. And no water required for radio studios, remember? No. But, but look, before yeah, we go completely off track here, yeah. man, hey? Brett, how's Australia and what's happening in Australia? Um, okay. So it's really good. And I'm so glad that I'm joining for today's show on machine learning and artificial intelligence um, because – I'm not experiencing it firsthand. So B3, to your question, um, I don't think they're more advanced. Uh, in, in my first love and probably yours as well, being mobile, definitely not. South Africa trumps them hands down every day of the week. Are they all um, iPhone users? Is that why? And we're all Android they users, are. right? <laughs> no, 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 no. That would make them cool. Okay? So, so you, you arrived at home. IPhone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that do you remember that band um Blind Melon with a little bee that was running around, a little girl dressed in a bee's outfit and then like right at the end of the song she finds all the other bees. Do you remember that? It does feel like you're what? older than me, Brett, all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, I don't me. I don't remember. Well <laughs> no, no, me. I'm not sitting there so I can't control the music, but I guarantee you it's on the playlist. But anyway, so it's Apple Heaven. There's MacBooks everywhere. Like I was sitting in a cafe and I said to, to the colleague, can you just like watch my stuff? Because, I mean, that's what you do, right, when you go to the toilet or something like that. And he was like, look around, dude. Everyone has a MacBook and everyone has an iPhone. They don't need to steal yours. That was the response. Okay. So, Because you've, you've only got a yeah, MacBook it, Air, right? I do. Well, only. I'm yeah, Sorry. I'm the poor African, huh? Can't buy the real deal. No, you can't. Shame, man. But, so, in Brett's world, or B3's world, being banking, yes. tap to pay is awesome. Okay? It's unbelievable. You walk up to the till, you pull out a credit card, you tap the machine, they ask you if you want to slip, you say no, and you walk out the door. I mean, it's just, it's really, really amazing. Um, I, I, so, do you take the goods with you, though? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Okay, so that's actually funnier yeah, than you thought. This is such an incredible experience. Tap, 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 tap. tap. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's actually it, it's so easy to pay for everything here, which is really cool. So as I said, for the banking world, um, that's quite cool. My my mobile um, contract is with a company called Optus, and they've now got a thing called PayWave. So being a beach culture and a very outdoors running, um, you know, yeah. outdoor active lifestyle. Yeah. You can get a, a thing called a PayWave. You have a choice. It can be a band. You can get a clip that will clip onto your smartwatch or smart band, you know, your Fitbit. Yeah. Or you can get a sticker that you can put on your phone or whatever. And you can then pay for things like tap and go. It's up to, I think it's up to $50, so it's 500 rand. But you don't have to carry a wallet. Now, that's where we want to be. We don't want to carry wallets and cards and and all these things. So you can run down to the beach. You can go and have a swim. You can come out and you can buy yourself a Coke and some chips or, or pay for a taxi or whatever you need to do, do need? just by tapping your, your band because it's linked to your cell phone account. So they make it very convenient for you to spend more money. Yes. And then dollars at 10 to 1, it hurts every single time. I'm sure. Have you allowed but, your wife one of those little systems yet? So she only arrived today. Oh. She arrived uh, five hours ago. Oh, and you're um, talking to us. Of course. You guys are more important. <laughs> uh, fantastic. I know where my priorities are. It's you not like it. I'm getting any. She's jet lagged. So it's she's like, you know. Yeah, but you're certainly not getting it now if she's listening to this, Brett. <laughs> she can. So let's start learning. So here's this is where it gets exciting, I yeah. think, here, as opposed to there. If we're going to do the comparison thing, obviously when it comes to sports, South Africa is still better. When it comes to mobile, mobile yeah. development, my opinion, South Africa is still better. Our developers are better. The output is better. I think the understanding of the tech and the usage is better. But when it comes to data and learning, Uh, these guys have got us. They definitely are are many, many steps. And I'll tell you why. Um, We've got self-checkout here. So for South Africans, um, that's like unbelievable. Like, really? I can pay for my own stuff and walk out the shop? So you go up to a till. It's a big touchscreen. You put your stuff down, you scan it yourself, you pay for it, you put it in the bag, and you walk out the door. That's yeah. it. That's self-checkout. But what they're doing is they're learning. They're learning what you're buying, and they're learning what an average basket is. For sure. And they start to push deals to you, so they have a thing like any other loyalty card. So it's like Amazon uh, you know, on, on their predictive stuff there in terms of you buy a book, they keep predicting, but they just do it in a more correct. physical retail environment. 100%. But now they're doing it with everyday products, like fast-moving consumer goods. So um, <laughs> this is – I don't mind embarrassing myself, so let me tell you about this one. <laughs> There's a place called Coles. Okay, so Coles is like spa or Woolies or, you know, it's, it's groceries. But right next door to Coles is liquor land. So like pick and pay is pick and pay liquors and yes. checkers is checkers liquors. Liquor land is there – um, um, their outlet. So if you shop at Coles, you get a till slip, and on the back of the till slip are coupons. And if you're lucky enough to get a coupon that says um, Liquorland ten dollar deal, yeah. then you can go to Liquorland and you can get like a six pack of beer or two bottles of wine or whatever, a really good deal. So for example, 
A six pack of beer is nineteen dollars, so it's hundred and ninety Rand. Yeah. So ten dollars, hundred Rand, that's not such a bad deal and it's not like something that South African can't afford. So I went to Coles, I bought a couple of things, I flipped over my slip and I didn't have a liquor land, right? I didn't have a liquor land, it yeah. hadn't printed up. And so I went looking through the trolleys in the car park <laughs> for <the> liquor land. <laughs> you are such a hey, slut. it's nine dollars, dude. You uh, it's nine dollars. <laughs> And the thing is, I found one, so I was happy. <laughs> but 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 Brent, um, is is that because they're just a bit more advanced in retail than us, or there's a more diverse environment? Because I mean, we've got a very controlled so retail environment here. They are more diverse, but again, the whole idea of this is that they're now seeing what you're buying. So that's like, let's use macro as an example. We've had macro cards for what twenty years, thirty years? I don't know since the dawn of macro. But they don't do anything with that data. They don't learn. The machines aren't learning. The computers and the databases are not learning. They're not going, hey, B3 just bought like six bottles of Johnny Walker Black and um, pool cleaner and a squash racket. No, absolutely. In fact, it's worse, Brett, because, you know, if you look at uh, macro as part of a bigger group, they could be doing a lot more than just macro. 100%. 100%. But they don't do it, Mark. That's yeah. what I'm saying. No, I'm yeah. with you. Every single transaction that you do, all right, they hit you with a message somewhere, whether it's a online. And remember, they push you to online here for obvious reasons. So you go online to order your stuff, and then you go in and get it. But then they watch the rest of your journey. So yeah. they start learning about the digital journey. So the machines are learning here. I mean, they're building up data. They're analyzing data. You're starting to see offers they have a thing on, on Optus, my, my network, I have a thing called yeah. Optus Perks. And they offer me discounts on movie tickets or they offer me, um, um, what, like, uh, I don't know, I can go to Luna Park, which is like a fun world, for $10 off. But they're seeing that I'm actually looking at this stuff online because I asked my mate who's also on, on Optus, he's getting different perks to me. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It, it is very cool. Brett, just, just, just as a bit of a, a deeper understanding of the Australian market versus the South African market. I mean, if you look at our, our demographic, uh, and certainly the, the, uh, the Gini coefficient in South Africa versus Australia is fundamentally different. Is, is there not just more opportunity in, in, in Australia to do this kind of work? Whereas in South Africa, you know, SABC still reaches the masses and Metro FM and, and those other funny stations. Um, no, it's not that there's more opportunity. First of all, remember, there's only 22 million people here. Okay. Of which, yes, they all can consume. Okay, so there's definitely more disposable income here, and and they have minimum wage here, which obviously makes a huge difference to people that can't afford um, the basic things in life, which obviously in South Africa we have that problem. Um, But, you know, we, we still have all the things in South Africa that they have in Australia and probably every other country. Okay. Um, we don't have as much money, I agree, but we do have the ability to consume and we do have the ability to learn. And let's be honest, the, our tech boys and our digital boys are clever. I mean, it's not from a lack of ability um, or that we can't build out these engines and build out these, you know, these For sure. repositories. Um, I'll give you a simple example. At McDonald's here, okay, first of all, let's talk about McDonald's. These freaking Aussies put beetroot on everything. Everything <laughs> has beetroot. I hate beetroot, okay? 
So if you go into McDonald's, like in South Africa, you can get a Burry, you know, Burvos patty or, you know, like a Burvos burger or something. They make things that are relevant to every market ever in the world. Here you get the Mac Oz burger and it's got a freaking slice of beetroot on. But again, when you walk up to – not all McDonald's, and I, and I actually saw it because I was in a shopping center. They have these huge touchscreens. So you actually order off the touchscreen. But they don't make you buy a McDonald's burger, chips, and a Coke like they do in South Africa. You walk in and you buy uh, – what's it called? A Mac meal or a quarter pound of deluxe meal or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Here, you build your meal, but they also take your name or your phone number. So they start learning about you. They always extract yeah. data from you at every single point that they can, and people give it willingly. You know, I'm like this South African, like, why do you want my number? You know, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, and you build out what you want. So what are they doing? They, at the end of the day, go, we sold 30 burgers, of which 28 of them had Cokes. Dude, order more Coke. You yeah, know what I mean? Don't stock a product that people don't want. To me, that's learning. That is. It's, it's, it's always learning. It's, it's, it's always learning. I mean, I'm just thinking about it. We're talking about machine learning here, and it actually falls into the category of artificial intelligence. I, I keep hearing it everywhere. Everyone's like, yeah, we're going to do AI. We're going to do machine learning. And it's definitely a buzzword that's going around the industry. And I, I, we're picking on retail at the moment and, and where retail can do better. But maybe we should spend a little bit of time kind of really – getting our heads around what is artificial intelligence. And I came across an interesting message, which we'll tweet a, a, a picture, which we'll tweet a little bit later. Um, and what I tried to do was categorize what is artificial intelligence. And it does span across things like machine learning, which is really saying, yeah. how do we understand the data? How do we get some deep learning out of it? How do we predict what's going to happen off the back of it? It steps into the world of natural language processing. So that's being able to translate and really understand what people are saying to speech. Speech is its own category. Being able to translate uh, uh, speech to text and vice versa, all the way through to the robotics, all the way through to vision even. Vision's in there where we look at the, the, the recognition of an image to actual machines learning how to see. So, I mean, this is quite a broad area that we that we kind of open up, and, yeah. and it kind of feels that we could go down a number of routes. And I think traditionally, we all get really panicked about the robotic side. Well, if machines are getting really intelligent, then it means they're going to start becoming intelligent robots. What do you guys think? I mean, are, are we worried about how they're being portrayed? Are we getting scared that we see the cyborg side of things? Yeah. Or are we not understanding how to take this kind of intelligence and technology and apply it to our everyday lives? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting point. Um, and, and I think you've been reading too much Elon Musk. <laughs> I have. You, I have. You, you, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's a fascinating world. And, and Brett, I think what you're saying about what the Australians are doing is very, very, very simple practical applications around – what data is, and it almost doesn't even get into the, the depth of what machine learning can potentially produce for us. You know, it, it, it's, really? Re, it, it's really the ability to, to um, rationalize things. And, you know, the funny thing about human beings, we're the only ones who can really self-reflect. You don't find a giraffe sitting under a tree saying, I'm really feeling crappy today. Um, and, and it talks to the world of, of how we think. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you got camels and kangaroos, but... <laughs> So, so, so yeah. Brett, Brett mentioned a very interesting thing there, which was vision. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And that, that is not one of the components that I think people would adopt with AR. Mm. We talk about machine learning, that's a given. We look at NLP, the natural language uh, processing, where machines are learning to translate, um, to listen to cues and all that, which obviously is speech. Um, robotics are the given because Hollywood has put the fear of God into us mm. on what these machines are going to do to us when yeah. they become cleverer. But vision is a very, very interesting part of artificial intelligence. You know, you've heard people say when, when you get these guys of philosophical or, or 30 beers too deep, what would you rather lose, your, your sight or your hearing? That, that's a discussion <laughs> point that everyone's had once in their life, you know. Actually, um, you've got a good point there. So we do that debate around our senses, and there's a big sense missing. So if we're trying to create artificial intelligence, how many senses have we got and what's missing on this list? That's what I was getting to. There's no scent. There's no smell. No scent. So we can smell smoke, and that means that there's a problem, right? Something's burning in the house, or the whole house is burning. A machine will never pick that up. It will never be able to sit there and go, oh, hold on a second. I'm on fire. And the arguments will be (laughs) detectors or – but, I mean, just take even changing a baby's nappy, as gross as that sounds, all right? There's a smell that will tell you it's time to change it. The crying is not going to tell you. So vision know, yeah. to me is probably one of the most important parts of AR. The fact that what you see, inverted commas, mm-hmm. or what it sees and how it interprets it, that's where the focus should actually be. Because uh, uh, you can, you know, they say people lose their sight, their sense of smell goes up. If you lose your smell, mm-hmm. you see or hear better. You, you're human. Um, body will always adapt over its other remaining senses. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, but I I I I think there is a lot of work around vision and and Brett uh, or B three maybe you can talk to what Google's doing around uh, you know the image recognition on the back end of 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 their machine learning and AI. But I mean, it's very easy for us to start running uh, campaigns and and doing an, an analytics against. What the Instagram pictures are saying, because we can look at pack shots, we can look at uh, what, what's actually in there, the emotions of the individuals, who's actually in there. So th- th- there's a lot of stuff in there. And when we talk around sentiment and we're starting to track what is the sentiment on um, social media, it, it becomes a very, very interesting framework there, uh, uh, B1, because it, it changes how we can analyze and understand the information and then respond accordingly. The response is really important. I keep to your point about what Google's been doing in the past. And remember, Google used to have a, an image recognition app. So you used to be able to take a photo and it would recognize what I it remember was. That. And it was really cool yeah, and yeah. sexy cool to, sh- to show it off, right? But there was no real application to it. Now, if you start thinking about what they sit on, this repository of images that we're doing searches on and, and – Think about when you're scanning through those images and, yeah. and, and, and the query that you've got against those images. We're still quite a way off of getting it right. The only place I see Google really nailing it is in their photo repository. So when you go and search for uh, red car and you say red car next to C with my son in it, mm. it actually strings it together and does quite a good job there. And that's without any tags against it. Yeah. So so the image recognition – it. There needs to be a purpose, right? We've got to be fulfilling a, a human problem or a customer problem. Otherwise, you can build something that's interesting, 
but if it's not really solving a problem, I, I, I read a really this. interesting article around this. I think I think it was Tim O'Reilly who tweeted mm-hmm. it out um, around what Google Photos is doing <clears throat> and and the evolution of Google Photos because you can now categorize all your photos against images. But but what if you take that to the next step, that becomes a story in an, in and of itself. If I now take the last 15 years of my photos, which, you know, you've got 20 gigs of photos that are sitting somewhere on an external hard drive, I now put that into yep. Google Images or into Google Photo. Tick, it, done that. Yeah, but now if, if, if you look at the, yep. the next step to that, this now becomes a visual memory. It becomes the movie of your life. Uh, I, I, so let me jump in. I, I, you know what, actually, Brett? Before you say anything, I'm, I'm now speechless because Brett's mouthing something at me here. You don't want to know what's in his photographs <laughs> there. You really don't want to know. I'm looking at Mike going, Mike, 30 it. gigs of photos. What kind of photos have you got there and what kind of <laughs> lifestyle are you talking about? He has a lot of beer. Huh? <laughs> we, we actually chatted about this a few shows ago. And the scary thing with what Google's done with photos and the brilliance behind it as well is they said to you, here we go, put as many photos as you want up into our cloud for free. Okay, there's the magic word. And we will look after them for you forever. So a few things happen from that. One, everyone trusts Google. Everyone does. Everyone goes to Google to find stuff. And we can actually talk about machine learning that now as well. I'll get back to Google as well. But the scary thing is, is once your photographs are up there, if you type the name of your son or your daughter in the search, yep. it starts to find those pictures and you haven't labeled them. But you might have had one photo that said like Cade's birthday and or that's, that's where Sarah's the machine learning uh, in, right? That's the machine learning, correct. So they're now getting a picture of every single person's face in the world, watching them as they evolve. This is where I'm going with this. So your pictures of your kids at one, your pictures of your kids at three, your pictures of your kids at ten. And all of a sudden, they can start to predict what you're going to look like when you're older. So now we start moving into health and medicine and um, what do they call it? Aesthetics, um, you know, intelligence. So the A of AI, aesthetics intelligence, which is scary because they actually can now find – now plug that in to every single security camera in the world. So that's a good thing. Anyone that's a fugitive could be found because they could be recognized by their Google photo accounts. But this is the power that we could give to Google. Agreed. And I think the opportunity there in intelligence, protecting the world, um, maybe it's a good thing. Um, Especially if I take a Trumpism. Um, But there's also the negative side of things. And you start thinking about when you're having devices or you're now in a networking event, how important that could be. As you walk past people, you start to understand who they are, what their profiles are. So there are benefits and there are cons to all of this. And I guess I keep going back to Singularity University that's trying to teach us what is the morality around these kind of technologies. Because sooner or later, we're going to have to put a set of rules that are going to govern us around morality. Yeah, I I think so. Isn't it too late for that? Because we've kind of like already pulled the trigger. It's it's happening as we speak. So now you want to go back and say, okay, well, now hold a second. You can't anymore. I mean, in fact, B2 has sent a couple of messages through now. Okay, yeah. um, I was just going to say, we should, we should have WhatsApp on the got, show. Yeah, he's WhatsApping us. And, but he's made a very valid comment here for listeners. We were talking about like how the machines learn from our different senses. 
And he said that they did a, there was research done that the millennials would actually give up their sense of smell before they give up their device or their technology. Oh, fantastic. We don't have to worry about that in artificial intelligence then. Okay, but here's a problem. I'm kidding. Buses and public transport. Believe me, smell is critical. Okay? When the guy that's eaten uh, garlic three weeks ago and still hasn't showered sits down next to you, that's the longest 20 minutes of your life on a train. Okay? Yeah. So I think we need to look at the conditions because this is the age group that sits on trains all over the world. So I would also give up my sense of smell, uh, given some of the things that I've had to smell over the last few days or weeks that I've been here. But going back to the, the, the positive of Google and the transport and that, I mean, I've now using, you know, in, in South Africa, we use Google Maps as a GPS. You, you put in your direction, you hit the car, and you drive, right? I'm now using buses and, and uh, trains. But I notice a little function, a little feature, rather, sorry, on my phone that I've never seen before, and I'm sure it's always been there. It has. Um, depart or arrive. So I can go into Google Maps, and I can say arrive, and I can put tomorrow's date at 9 o'clock because that's the time of my meeting. And it will then query the systems and tell me which bus to catch, where to get off, how far to walk, to make sure that I'm on time, to catch the train, to get to the next station. Now, that's incredible. I'm sorry, but that is really, really amazing. And it is learning all the time. So it it's goes finding down better routes. To that hyper personalization and hyper relevance where machines are helping us solve more and more critical micro moments in our lives. And I, I've got a note here from B2. He's got a very good point. If we go down this path of always solving these problems and we're getting better and faster using machine learning, artificial intelligence, and all those different tool sets, do we get to a point where machines are better than us at everything? <laughs> no. No. Keep you blessed. Right? No. You say no, Mark. I, I, I think what? no. I, I think that there are certain things that machines will always be better. Um, there, there are efficiencies that can be deployed. I mean, I just think of let's just take the legal profession. If we put every single piece of of case history and and legal uh, record into an AI machine, you know, and I, I can query that, it's going to produce a result that no lawyer could ever produce. Correct. I, I think that's that's critical. But I think it comes back to understanding what makes us human beings a a, a machine can never have a relationship with a human being it can never experience the quality of love it can never experience those softer more powerful emotions that we 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 experience because and 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 i can see b3 jumping up and down here but there's certain functions that that are critical but we are ultimately social beings our ability to connect with each other, to share our experiences, and to share our joy, and to find peace and and meaning in our personal lives is something that a machine could never do. So the machines are going to be there to help us. Um, but I also think when we look at the world we live in, it's going to evolve into a very, very different world that we live in now. We cannot look at this this topic under the current uh, framework and the current economic system, the current status quo and political and religious frameworks that we live in. It has to evolve. Just the very nature of work will force us to redefine things. The very nature of, of cryptocurrency will force us to redefine things. So 
uh, it's going to be a fascinating way to see where it goes to. But I think there's going to be parts of it that are going to be profound and parts of it that they can never actually emulate in terms of being human. So I, I think I'm going I, to challenge that, Mark. Okay, go for I'm it. going to challenge that. Okay. Because basically, like, like Brett was Brett 2. Well, here we go. B2, B1, B3. That's the threesome. B2 is saying the keyword is relevant. In other words, are we as humans no longer relevant? I agree 100% on the emotive level. Because I still, and, and in fact, we could, there's actually a human being who isn't emotive. There's actually two. One is my mother in law, but two, if you look at the Big Bang Theory and old Sheldon Cooper. Yes. He's a perfect example of what you're describing. You know, he goes, that was sarcasm, right? So, yes, until the machines actually have biological uh, intelligence, you are 100% right. But in the terminology of relevance, okay, um, I mean, machines don't break and get sick like we do. Yeah. They don't have off moments. They, If they design to drill a hole and put a screw in 1.2 millimeters – that's what they do every single time, okay? Every single time. So um, the, 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 the reason why I want to challenge that, okay, and it's actually sad, but if you look at people like the people that live in Japan, there's been so many studies on these guys. Yeah. They are so lonely. They crave human um, interaction. They, they, they crave attention, yes. socialism, all these wonderful things, but they can't get it. Okay, because the world has become so isolated for them. They are effectively biological machines. All right. Yeah. That's what they are. They just eat, sleep, shit, and repeat. You know, that's what they do. Yeah. So if you offered them a machine, they would actually say to them, Hey, Takiyoto, how are you feeling today? They would crave that and love it. They would get all those emotive things that, that we enjoy as humans. They would get from a machine, and they can't get that from humans. And those machines, they would probably burn. I I need to disagree Uh, with the three of you. I need to to ask one question. You don't need to answer it. (laughs) Just just to your point around talking to a machine and a machine saying, how's it to you? Would you rather have sex with your wife or a robot? (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Uh, No, seriously. I guarantee you that's going to be the next big commercial thing, right? Sure. But but, a bit of latex. I actually be on that because I do hope one day in the near future or the future – that I will actually have sex with my wife. But, but <laughs> Who's not too robotic about to, it. To, 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 now to eight support o'clock. that question, okay? To support that question, though, or, or support that statement. Hold on, Brett. I'm just thinking, do, 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 you, do you incentivize the robot with panados? <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. You don't have to. Yeah. Sorry. You don't. And, and you, all you have to do is give it a lube job in the real sense of the word, like as in castor oil. <laughs> I, 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 okay, I'm going to get my argument in now because I, I kind of agree but uh, disagree with the two of you. So sure. the view is I don't think they're ever going to become human. No. I think what's going to end up is you're going to have your own species, right? So you're talking about connecting and, and how they form bonds. Well, they'll do that through IP packets. Um, how they relate to each other and what they connect to and the roles that they play in society. Well, again, Brett, to your point, uh, they'll drill a hole really well and it'll become this kind of interconnected new type of species that really communicates very differently and feels maybe emotions very differently to us because an emotion is a a yes or no, who knows how that evolves. Mm. Will they ever become human? I don't think we're in that game of Recreating humans, right? Uh, Otherwise, we would just stick to plan A. 
Brett, in a couple of minutes, you're probably going to uh, stick to plan A right now with your wife. We'll reproduce ourselves. No, Thank you very much. Okay. You know, but so, you've watched this world, haven't you? Uh, exactly. So is that not a game? Is, is that not testing it? They've, they're becoming their own species. There's us and them in Westworld. Now, I just want to pose a really way out question or theory here. We're still assuming that these are these entities, beings are like humans. But when we throw in the world of Internet of Things um, and each mm. thing is doing its own thing and it's this interconnected intelligence that we're creating, are smart cities not the future being? Smart oh, homes? I think Brett's just had an orgasm there. No, 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 no. That's a very good point. And in fact, we've been harping on the whole human-machine mm. um, debate, which is never-ending. But B3 is 100% right. What we're actually talking about is the machines being machines, not being humans. So now yeah. you're a smart city. Quite right. Your your green, connected city. I mean – I know you've also come across some amazing things in that space, but if you <clears throat> and and if you want to do the Australia South African comparison, we're starting to see that more and more here. You walk into a, a building and the lights turn on. The lights are not on the whole time. The lights are off, and when you walk out that room, they turn off. So is that and the building being that's, intelligent? That's when the building's sad that you've gone. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sad buildings in this city, dude. There's a lot of sad. So now we're going to have like psychiatrists for sad buildings. <laughs> they call it electricians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you're right. And, and there's another thing as well is that they process better than we do. So if you, you, you were talking about segregation like in us and them, mm. I can see lawsuits coming in the future that we're being, we're being racist to the, the robots. But the thing is, is that the smart city – Okay, which is critical to actually to human survival, if you think about it. Let's use Cape Town. Okay, so I've, I'm following the news. I mean, I still have my EWN news coming through to me every day. There's 125 days left of water, of potable water in Cape Town. Yeah. Right? That's serious. I mean, that's, that's not even a joke anymore. What's their answer? They ask people to, to, um, um, to, to behave themselves. Do people behave themselves? No. So now what are they trying to do? Apparently they're now reducing the pressure valves so that water will flow less. Is that going to stop? No, it just means it takes longer to run your bath or your swimming pool no, exactly. or whatever. So this is where the machines come into play. This is where you have to hand over the keys to the machines and say, we have a crisis. In fact, no, the machines will tell us we have a crisis because they're monitoring it. And they will throttle your consumption. They'll they, just say, sorry, they man, predicted you it, much. right? They predicted the weather. Yeah. They're able to kick in the yeah. processes to make our lives better. I just keep – actually, my thought on the smart cities, I keep thinking – uh, when you combine 3D rapid 3D printing and um, we need to enforce law enforcement and the, the, th the city's 3D printers start building a whole lot of barricades that then yeah. fire off and corner off roads and, 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 and the city starts becoming kind of organic and when we've got lots of people arriving because they reckon by 2050 uh, two-thirds of the world's population will be in cities that 
you know, we'll, we'll be under pressure on trying to grow, say, food. Yeah. But I can just picture these rapid 3D printers because they're predicting what the problem is, building Solving these the towered yeah. farms and growing food for the people before they arrive. So they're solving the problem for us. But you, you, you know what also is coming through there, Brett? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 the, that reality is, is absolutely clear. But when we look at this world of machine learning and this world of um, AI, what, what you don't have is this ubiquitous kind of godlike AI that we see in the Terminator or the Matrix. Mm. It, it's, and I think that's where the scary part comes in. You're seeing a system that works together and a function that is dedicated to itself. You know, so I'm the green cleaning robot or whatever it is. So you're getting pockets of AI that are limited to themselves. You don't have this kind of cyborg, you know, in what's it, Star Trek, you know, it's a cyborg that have come to take you over and you've been assimilated into this consciousness. Um, so I, I, I do agree. I think it, and it becomes great. We don't have to deal with politicians anymore. God, good point. Actually, I was just looking at a note from B2. He, he made a very valid point on how do we interact? So at the moment we're assuming that we interact with machines through voice, smell, and all these kind of things, and the machines need to know that. But Elon Musk had an interesting interview. I think it was on base or something yeah. like that. And where they asked him, and I said, so what is his view on AI? And he said it was actually the interaction with AI. It will never take off until we can interact at the rate that AI interacts. So if you look at what we do is – AI processes trillions of transactions per second, for instance. Our minds are far faster than that. Our input, like our eyes mm. and ears, are high dev. Nothing compares to that in, in, in the current kind of technology space. But when it comes to us outputting and communicating with machines, we're still analog. We're sitting there with our thumbs. Yeah. Tapping against a phone, uh, against a phone, providing input, or we're manually analog talking so to the device. So, <laughs> so like, you do my analog output. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, analog output. But the, so, isn't that interesting? Right? Uh, we are going to slow down these artificial intelligence machines because we can't communicate with them fast enough but yet. You say that as though it's a bad thing, and I think this is. Possibly where we are evolving to because we have this kind of doomsday thought process when we think of AI and, and these potential pitfalls. But I mean, just step back and say, okay, if, if AI and machine learning can produce the food, robots can produce the foods, we've got blockchain to manage smart contracts. What's left for human beings to actually do? Do we need to rush at such a pace? Do we need to be chasing our tails doing things that we don't want to be doing? Perhaps we're going to be doing things that are far more creative and we're going to be living a far better quality of life than we ever can potentially perceive. I mean, can you imagine? I keep thinking of Wally. Wally floating around, (laughs) slightly chubbier, well, very much chubbier. And, and, and machines are doing everything for us and we're enjoying the poolside and really, Trump is quite an exciting feature of the day. <laughs> that's that's a scary thought. That's a very scary thought. Um, yeah, I'd perish that thought, actually. I, I, you've left me speechless, Brett. I can see why he's getting voted in. Yeah, I would yeah. much rather have it. Sorry, Brett, go for it. I'm saying I'd much rather have a machine than have him. And I think uh, most of America would feel the same way. No, I, I, um, I, 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 but I think that would so. force it. They could build a wall. 
They could and do it quite fast. But you know what it does? It, it does start talking to a resource-based economy as opposed to a financially driven economy, which becomes a fundamentally different framework on how we live. So, so I, mean, I think the, yeah. the artificial intelligence will help us solve the resource base. Yes. Because, um, again, I saw another stat uh, in 2030, we are going to have 1.8 billion people on the African continent. So, I mean, that's a lot of people that we've got to start creating yeah. food for, providing water for, all this kind of stuff. Um, and it is that common analogy where everyone keeps on saying, you know, in the future, the war, the future will be over water. I'm not convinced on those kind of statements because I think artificial intelligence will give us the tools to be able to rapidly build towers to build uh, 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 the ability to farm. Um, we'll have more efficient methods to be able to farm animals and meat. Uh, we'll be able to you know, take seawater through electrolysis yeah. um, because we have solar power and all that kind of thing. And I think it'll solve the problem. The interesting thing is that robots or artificial intelligence will be plugged into that same resource. Yeah. So absolutely. humans, we need all that, but all these artificial intelligence beings um, just require power, right? They, it's not that they need oil or water or food. They, they, they need just power need solar they power. Need, and connection. And a connectivity. And a connection, yeah. Um, Brett, a, a question to you, because part, part of my concern here in South Africa, and just to, to tweak the thought process slightly, a lot of where we're going is, is, is driven through uh, our, our politicians. They supposedly are wise elders, and, and certainly when we look at South Africa, they're hmm. anything but. But none of these political parties are, are, are planning for a future where work is fundamentally different. Is that thought process prevalent in Australia? Have you had enough time to see it? And the impact that AI is going to have on us as a society, not, not from a marketing perspective, but from how we actually live. Are, 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 is the leadership in Australia thinking in, in, in terms of this? Because they're definitely not thinking about it yet. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great question. And I think the answer is scary because obviously, you know, we talk about first and third world. So I haven't had enough time to really form an opinion. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read up and, you know, yeah. learn a little bit about what's going on. But what I can say is that they are definitely working towards job reduction. And why I say that mm. is that they have a very clear policy here, like most of the UK countries and, and countries in the Commonwealth, which is the dole. So yes. they've turned it around and said everyone's entitled to earn a living wage. Okay. So there's no one to put the petrol in your cars here. Um, waiters and waitresses earn a minimum wage. Therefore, they don't receive tips because it's actually a job and they're providing a service. Um, when, you, when you charge up your cards to get onto the train, you don't do it through a human being. You do it through a machine. Now, in South Africa, like you use the toll booths. Okay, I'm not talking about the e-toll crap. I'm talking about the proper legitimate toll booths that run from Durban to Joburg. You've got five lanes of, of traffic and five human beings sitting in there all day long collecting 20 rand or 50 rand or whatever it is, 100 rand. Here, it doesn't happen. It is the e-tag. Um, or you just drive through and it's license plate recognition and you get a bill that gets sent to you. So um, I, I would, in my opinion, from the very little bit that I've seen, they're definitely looking at resources and, and human planning and work planning. 
but they're looking at it on rather how to replace it and rather put the machines in place to do the work. Um, and they're quite pro about that. Okay. You know, there's no – so that to me is a concern because the first world is obviously the PowerPoint. I mean B3 was just saying now there's going to be 1.8 billion people on the African continent in the next 30, 40 years. Okay. What are they going to do? 15 Because years. as these systems get developed, they get moved into places like South Africa. I mean, a company will build a, a gizmo. Let's talk about 3D printing. I love 3D printing. And the fact that you can now 3D print and create food out of enzymes and stems and cells, that could maybe save and, and stop famine and hunger and all these things. But we are reducing and removing jobs. And that's what humans do. We work. But we're also now going to live longer, right? Because we're going to have artificial intelligence in our medical facilities. Yeah. We are going to be able to – so you think about what Google's trying to solve with death. I mean, it's quite a morbid topic, but they're trying to solve death at the moment. God is going to be around for longer. And, and, and really, it's, it's what is the impact on aging? How do we slow down aging? How do we uh, get better at um, – you know, when you're testing medical trials and all that kind of stuff, we've got to go through the test of time to see what the impact of that drug is in, in on our bodies or mm. does it actually solve what it's set out to solve? But with – Predictive technology, we can now start mimicking and fast-forwarding that timeline to a matter of seconds. Yeah, um, I keep thinking of uh, being able to analyze our DNA. Remember, like four or five years ago, it was about $100,000 to get a map of your DNA. It now costs $5. Yeah. Um, it used to take yeah. six months. It now takes under 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see… AI extending our lives as well. So that, that's Absolutely. compounded again. Well, well, that's what IBM Watson's all about. Yeah. You know, it's not just about Google. I know, I know some people in the room like to think it's all about Google. <laughs> but I, don't, I don't know who that could be. No, well, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, no, but you saw the main mark. IBM Watson is a perfect example or rather summary of what today's topic was. Albeit that we were loose and we moved around and all that kind of stuff. But Watson is an unbelievable concept and yeah. machine, I suppose. Um, and I don't think the doctor. Actually played. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they take. It does. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, 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 they've been doing it for a long time, right? And there's two thousand engineers around data and artificial mm. intelligence working on that platform, um, and it's only accelerating. So I just I don't think we're quantifying the exponential effect yeah. of these technologies on our society I, I, and, and how quickly it's going to happen. I, I quite agree if I can jump in there because if you look at IBM Watson and where they're going versus Google, because let, let's be clear about what Google is. It's just one big AI machine. Every time hmm. I put a search into a search in, into the Google search engine and it verifies that against a, a bounce rate or me reading an article, it's building a database around AI. A the, knowledge the base. Image. Yeah. yeah, but but it's building this, this predictive modeling, whereas IBM Watson is a far more business-orientated and it's got more functional streams. But I think the, 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 and the point I really want to make here is I don't think we truly understand what's behind the scenes, what's behind the closed doors, and, and what we're not seeing around AI and machine learning and, and what, what is, what's, what's been developing because there's, there's so much happening at such pace. And what these, these organizations are doing is really gearing themselves up 
and also the clouds only really getting to a point where they we've can only scale. Only just started this. it, right? Yeah. So this this is this Even is really good. We've just started it. I was just thinking, if we were to do an app of the day today. It most likely will start with those fitness apps. Yeah. We are starting to track humans, our presence, what we're doing, yes. how much we're eating, how many steps we take. That all wraps back into these big data platforms yeah. and starts adding to the kind of artificial intelligence play of predicting whether or not discovery is going to increase my premiums or not. Yeah. And, and that's why I refuse <laughs> to use I those actually, apps because you and I, Brett, will be caught oh, we're sitting off, on the we're couch off the too long. Yeah, they'll be saying you're on the couch So let me jump in there. I actually found an app of the day because I like doing apps of the day, as you know. And given that we're doing machine learning, I, found, I thought this one was quite, was quite relevant. It's called Rumuki, R-U-M-U-K-I. And it's a prenup for sex tapes and home videos. So, no, no, hear me out on this one. We're taking the premise of human things. We talked about it earlier. You'd rather sleep with a human being than with a machine, right? But the problem is, unless you're a celebrity and it's planned and you leak it on purpose, we are human beings. And because of our emotions, when someone pisses us off or does something wrong, the first thing we do is share our dirty little secrets, Okay, so this this was designed so that you could film a home video of you doing the funky chicken, but the only way you could view it is that if one phone has the key, which is probably going to be linked to blockchain, and the other one has like a QR code, and the two have to like scan each other to unlock it. So in other words, you can only watch this tape with each other. So you know what's running through my head right now, by the way? That is so cool. Is how you got the funky chicken through immigration and started filming yourself <laughs> doing the funky chicken. It was that cavity search. Well, you can't see it. It's just a file. <laughs> what I couldn't get through immigration was Bultong. And let me tell you, I would kill for Bultong. Uh, this jerky shit that they have here is just not – I found a couple of, like, funny enough Chinese people selling Bultong. It's the funniest thing. You go down the – the walkway, and there's a sign that's called, you know, biltong.com.au. Hi, all. You want to taste some biltong? I'm like, oh, God. Is, is it <laughs> biltong no. duck? Dog. Dog. No, no, no. It's proper beef, but it's, it, uh, it's all right. But no, it's nothing like it you guys make. It was a dog. But what I was thinking, make your own I'm biltong. Wrap up. Yeah, man. I'm going to. I bought a machine. Nice. Oh, no, I bought a machine. Nice. Fantastic. But, but what I'm getting to before we wrap up is that a simple, basic human thing having a good leg over, which you choose to film, you now can't watch because you don't have the other machine there to let you watch it. No, I, so, I, I think that's a really smart idea. It is a smart idea. It's a fantastic idea. And if you've got daughters, you'd be very happy to hear about that. But the no, point is, is that no, no, the machines are still locked not. down. You can't see the studio The finger's starting to swell, bro Okay so, We know what that means, finger. right? We know what that means It means I need to I, stir my tea I, <laughs> 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 So what's your wrap up there, Brett? Um, okay, so because B2 isn't with us um, From a from his Spiritual thought of the week, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually. He did send one through, so I'm gonna actually read it. He said that Musk explained what he meant by saying that computers can communicate at a trillion bits per second, while humans, whose main communication method is typing with their fingers, 
via a mobile device can do 10 bits per second. So you were talking about that earlier, ah, there we go. The bottom line is we might be slow or slower than machines, but baby, I can pull the plug out the wall and your ass is going to sleep. That's it. <laughs> Still there. Actually, uh, my uh, that is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I, so, so there it is. That's my thought of the day on the back of B2's deep, profound Musk quote. Well, there we go. I, I, have to, and, I, um, I have to actually challenge that very quickly because cause of yeah. quasi-static cavity yes. resonance. <laughs> I, I'm not Sorry. sure if pulling a plug really counts anymore. And, 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 and that's a set of words I've been trying to use. And what it means is wireless charging when you walk into a room so you're going to have rooms where you just walk in and your phone starts charging so when that starts happening there's no pulling of the plug right so again see if i get this right quasi static cavity resonance i mean there's a whole lot of plays on those words so that was actually a genuine word that's a genuine word that out your purple that's the cavity. cavity. Exactly. That's That's what I thought. I mean, we're back to your cavity search here, Brett, uh, Brett one. Jeez. Anyway, apart from your quasi, quasi cavity hunting answer, what's your final thought around your purple, bro? Tell you what, I'm going to embrace AI. I'm going to embrace it to the fullest extent. Yeah. Any opportunity that I can share as much information as I can by every single device that I can. I'm going to buy all the the Google Home products. Oh, yeah, because I'm such a Google fanboy. I'm going to buy Alexia or Alexa. I'm going to get all that stuff into my house. You know, I'm a big fan of building bots and machine learning, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to embrace it all the way. And if I can put something in my skull and it can start talking with robots, sign me up, baby. I'm there. Uh, And that is now the end of B3. (laughs) We now got Borg 3 coming through. All the way from Australia, am I allowed to do the concluding comment to wrap up the show? You may, but I want to see what Mike says. (laughs) You know, tell us, Mike, and before the finger comes, I'm 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 speechless because I just think we ain't seen nothing yet, baby. That, and I think it's just an incredibly exciting, redefining time to be in. And I think we're in the thick of the chaos, but it's all about to explode. Boom, boom. I mean, this is so, not Parliament, well, we're, eh? We're, this is not Parliament, folks. <laughs> Enough. I know, I know I'm going to drag you out of here, Mike. Yeah, we, we've got the, we've got Pravin doing his budget speech, so it could be an entertaining day here for us, Brett. So we might <laughs> catch you in about five weeks. I'll, time. I'll watch it. You watch it. Fantastic. Yeah. Go for it, Brett. Right. So until next time, all the way from here, keep your screens clean. And your knobs shine. Cliff <laughs> <laughs> Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.